0: The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.
1: Jadwicks Kilkenny and Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM for Top Class Sport.
2: And you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Sunday, the 11th of September. What then an awful day we had weather-wise and uh, I suppose the ones I feel the most at the sorriest for are the under 13 hurlers who took out, who went out this morning and after all the lovely summer they enjoyed going around in their shorts and everything, they had to play perhaps one of the most important matches of the year in such awful conditions this morning, so tough going on the young men, just tough going on a lot more of course besides, but nevertheless, we had round five of the Intermediate, the Michaeling Motors (coughs) Intermediate Hurling League no doubt who the big winners were they were Young Irlands of Gordon Equally, no doubt who the big losers were, they were Conahey Shamrocks. More about that and on. And of course, we now know the pairings. The league finalists, Thomastown versus Dane Sport, and the Shield finalists, Carrick Shock versus Rory Osteeg. While in the first rounds, it's O'Loughlin Gales versus Dunamagan, and Young Ireland's versus Moonkine. And also in the first round, in Dublin as, inter- as the relegation, it's Fenians versus Conahey Shamrocks, and it's St Lactons versus St Martins. We'll ask our panel of experts to cast their eye on on those games as uh, we get through reports of the games that took place yesterday a one point win this afternoon for blacks and whites over neighbours Greg Namana. that paves the way for the first rounds of the junior championship not sure about who's playing who but we might get a chance to look at that during the course of the programme also in the premier junior section B Shamrocks Valley Hale they overcame Clara in the first round game today now on the junior other junior county finals junior A county final I'm afraid it wasn't played. Don't think it's going to be played. And I'm sure we have a few lads here who have a view view on that. Let's kill that old team now because it's uh, killing a lot of what we're trying to say here in the Junior B County Final, a deserved win for St. Martins over Connie Shamrocks this afternoon. In the Junior C Final, Emeralds Day get the butter of Kiltown in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday evening, while in the Junior E County Final, Greg Ballycallan Callan overcame Munkine, just the prior being Munkine, of a second win at uh, junior level. They won Junior D last weekend, and in the Junior F County Final Connie Shamrocks, they defeated Mullen on Friday evening. There's lots of big action coming up next weekend as well, and as a said, there could, lots of underage uh, games took place this morning and yesterday and I'm sure Kira Nari will be anxious to get a, a handle on some of that. Plenty of Camogie this morning as well, the Camogie ladies were out in their tough weather we'll have the KNDL results, Bear will be on the line later with the um, horse racing results, the Golf the BMW Championship, uh, not sure how that's gone, but we certainly will have that during the course of the uh, programme and Formula 1 marks Verstappen. He continues to uh, lead the way by some margin in the Formula 1 Grand Prix. And race them on was on in Kilkenny and uh, some of the stages were uh, cut short. But our own Liam Kelly Rourke, he caught up with the Minister for Sport, Jack Chambers, and we'll try and fit that in also. Let's go to the uh, games. And we sent Barry Henriquez all the way down to uh, Mooncoin yesterday for a mouthwatering clash between Mooncoin and Rohrer in But the visitors were the ones who went away the happiest, Barry.
3: Absolutely, Nicky. Roar in the 24 points, Mooncoin 111. Last year's County, Provincial, and All Ireland junior champions provided a very timid challenge to the more experienced Roar in the in Mooncoin yesterday evening in ideal hurling conditions in a very well presented Mooncoin pitch. A win for the home side would give them a league final place and a place in the Championship quarter final. Ditto the same paradox for Roar in the Stig. Such a scenario was contingent on Dalesford taking care of a freshman challenge elsewhere. Freshwood obliged, so the winners here were as stated. The power, the game management, the focus, the coordination of a very well drilled Roar in the Stig outfit was far too intense for the home side, who found it increasingly difficult with the long delivery. Of the NSD goalkeeper Paddy Ling, and they were long, believe you me. On the negative side for the winners, their attack was less than convincing. It is quite conceivable that Mooncoin could have won the game but for the brilliance of Richie Lahy. The outstanding Lahy fired over 14 points, and with numerous assists, he was unstoppable. Nobody on the Mooncoin defence could lay a glove on the flying attacker. The roar welcome back returning Australian football defender Dara Joyce and though a little ring rusty in the final points. Of the ancient game, he still posted notice that his presence will be of considerable value in the cause of his delo- beloved roar Roaring Stee. He got his name on the scoreboard as well, and that's not a bad start. At the end of the first quarter, there was an, el- an element of déjà vu about the end result, as the Roaring Stee led by a very led by a very comfortable not seven, not two. Lahey grabbing five of them at halftime, The advantage had increased six points to tw- twelve points to six. It had increased to six. Boys, Loughy getting eight of the twelve, playing with the strong breeze in the second half. The winners piled on the pressure. Mooncoin never took a backward step, but their best was never going to be just good enough. As a lad said to me afterwards, it was boys against men. From a coin perspective, they're still improving. It's a big step up from junior to intermediate. I still think that they are a senior outfit in the making because of their youth. They're very creditable intermediate outfit at the moment, but they must make that step. Let us not be let it not get too late to make it. Remember Baliragans. furthermore they have a very decent outfit. They have a rugged, uncompromising, don't take prisoners panel. In lahi if he holds his, uh, his concentration and his attitude he has nurtured over the past three games, the Roar can upset plenty of plans on a decent match. march through uh, through towards uh, an appearance in Nolan Park. They will need better returns from some of the forwards. The returning Joyce is a big plus if they can get more game time into him. If so, they will have to be beaten to win a county title. That's all in my meagre opinion. Their defence is as good as anything else They're there, they need a better partner with paddling at midfield. But at this moment in time, the Roar of the steag, they won by twenty-four points to one-eleven. It could have been an awful lot more, but Coins shooting was absolutely deplorable, and they paid a terrible price for
2: that. But I was well, well impressed with the Roar of the Steag, Nicky. Good man, thanks for that, Barry. Now we did have somebody at Martin Carrickshaw <coughs> can't get hold of him. It's not our usual man, Richie Power, but it was four twenty-two to one-twelve, and I think uh, maybe Pat just for a moment. Just to chat about that one. Four twenty two to one twelve, I don't think there was no argument there. Carrick shot keeping up their goal scoring threat and I think from talking to some of the Martin lads today, the game in Nolan Park today was of far greater significance to them mm-hmm. because they had a fair chunk of the lads who played yesterday and didn't quite kinda of worry too much about it were there today
0: yeah well when you look at Carrick shot now in the last two games that's 10 goals and 40 points in two games so it's, uh, it's the real rea- real <laughs> form isn't it <laughs> that's, that's scored in form you by, can't by, say they're not able to score yeah and uh, they're the one team that's uh, banging in goals so uh, you know they're, they're well deserved to be up there and uh, they're in the Shield final now which is uh, you know a grand, grand position to be in No question about that. Pat, you travelled to uh, and we thought this might be the match of the day
2: and it did look as if Dunamaghan were um, were holding their own and were were venturing towards a success but there was certainly a sting in the tail.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know they started off very well and led six points to one uh, and uh, then seven points to two by the 21st minute and uh, they were doing all the hurling. Uh, Jack Brennan gave uh, Young Ireland's uh, a lifeline with a goal in the 22nd minute but uh, uh, the point scoring for um, the Dunhamaghan lads continued on with uh, Darren, uh, Dennis Walsh and Darren Fitzpatrick in that and they led 10 points to 1-2 then uh, a penalty for uh, Gordon uh, banged to the net by Tommy Field. and Tommy Field was excellent on the freeze all day and uh, then a, a point a minute later from Mikey Carey suddenly there was only a point in it uh, before Owen Carney pointed from play for uh, Dunhamaghan he was good on the freeze too and uh, Ted Dreary Applied at um, just before half time 11 points to 2-4 at half time Ted at full forward he was always a, a good target man for uh, the young Ireland's men second half continued on similar Don Magan doing all the hurling and uh, by the, the midway stage of the second half they led 16 points to 2-5 but believe it or not that was in the 44th minute they led 16 points to 2-5 they only scored one point from there to the finish as uh, Young Irons just took over the game in the middle in the middle third Mikey Carey being very par- prominent and uh, also who was very good uh, all through was uh, Seamus Farrell at wing back he was excellent but uh, the flow of the game went towards the Donegal goal and uh, they landed points from Tommy Phelan uh, Padraig Naddy and uh, hit a couple of wides got another point from Tommy Phelan hit another couple of wides and uh, then Tommy Phelan pinted two frees 210-16 two, to 16 by the 27th minute and um, before Owen Carney pointed a free a, a much needed free for uh, Dunham to put them a point ahead before um, Jack Brennan levelled it up again but then came the score that settled the issue ball sent in uh, Sean Carey won it in the corner forward position and uh, he squared it uh, passed across the goal to Ted Ray. he banged it to the net and just game over Well,
2: the big news there now is just that Shane Lowry has won the 2020... Ken Lowry has oh, won the 2022 Lowry, BMW oh, PGA Championship by one stroke from Rory McIlroy and John Rams so they'll be celebrating Nothing. around Esker Hills and in Offaly tonight lads Great. Barry you're being a golf man uh, a do- uh. I am <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I know you big are John. Well,
2: you like? I know I, I, as much about it now as your ass know about you him, well, Derek Dooley's waiting on the <coughs> line so let's not dr- drag it out too long but tell us about this <laughs> your your reaction to that Nicky's <laughs> way not way
3: telling me to shut up <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm de- absolutely delighted but there's a bigger golf fan at home she knows nothing about it but she screams her head out for Lowry She's, he's the kind of a lad that emits or in, in, in magnetises this mother she'd love to be mother numb you know what I mean okay. he has this lad from the country and she I'm sure she'd be absolutely delighted oh. but so will the rest of Ireland
2: there is no more popular guy anyway Derek Dooley that was a way of introducing you to the programme to let Barry now. Uh, Uh, talk about the achievements of uh, Shane Lowry. You talked to us about the achievements of Dane's Fort who are really motoring at the moment.
1: Yes, well,
4: you never mind waiting when there's good news like that, so well done to Shane Lowry and um, hello Barry. Um, So yes, Dane's Fort are now comfortable winners in this fifth round of the Intermediate League against St Lacton's in Tom Park on Saturday. Richie Hogan opened Dane's Fort's account with a point in the second minute. St. Lacton's were unfortunate not to have a goal seconds second later when a rasper from Patrick Killeen struck the upright and Alan Rafter doubled on the rebound forcing Ford keeper Paddy Hogan to make a great save Ford then had a rally of points for Philly Cooney two from Jack Bruton uh, a Richie Hogan free and one from Paul Murphy to open up a five points to one lead it wasn't until the 10th minute that Ali Rafter registered St. Lacton's second point Points were then swapped in quick reply with St. Lactance scores coming from Pascaline, John Fitzpatrick and Brian Kennedy while Dane's Fort responded from Paddy Hickey two and two from Richie Hogan, one uh, from a place ball. Kohal Tarney of Dane's Fort and Benny Quinn from play uh, from a long-range effort then swapped points next. Dane's Fort were very much dictating the pace of the game at this stage while St. Lactance struggled to contend with the open play of Dane's Fort. Danceforth then hit four unanswered points from Ben Whitty, Paddy Hickey, Richie Hogan-Free and Jack Bruton. This left the score Danceforth 14 points, St lacton 6 to open up an 8-point lead. St lacton battled hard but saw four of their efforts go wide until Patrick Killeen hit their 7 points in the 25th minute to which Paul Murphy replied with a similar score immediately. Then, in the 28th minute of, of the half, an infringement on the St. Lacton's forward led to them being awarded a penalty by referee Stephen Delaney. Cahal O'Leary's inch-perfect rasper found the top-right corner of the James fort net, leaving the halftime score Dainsford 15 points, St. Lacton's 17. 7 On the resumption of the second half, Dainsford blitzed St. Lacton's in the first six minutes of the half with six unanswered points, opening up an 11-point lead. Four of those scores coming from the stick of Richie Hogan and one each from Robbie Walsh and Paddy Hickey. Freshford were unfortunate to have ace forward Patrick Dillian retire from injury in the second minute and this put a dint in the St. Lachan's offence. Brian Kennedy broke the deadlock in the seventh minute the the half with a point for Freshford followed by another in quick succession from Noel McGreen, to which Richie Hogan replied with a point. For the fourth leg. Danes Forth 22 points St Lacton's 1-9 In the 12th minute of the half Freshford substitute Keane Dawson forced the ball Into the Danes Fourth net And gave some hope to Freshford Another St Lacton sub Cahill Power Followed up with a spectacular score From a sideline cut The brothers Hogan Richie and Paddy Added a break of points In the 19 minutes of the half Points were again swapped in the 21st minute of the half. James four scores coming from substitute James Mullally and St. Lacton's score coming from a Cahill O'Leary free. Dain's four finished out the stronger, adding un- uh, four unanswered points from the 23rd to the 29th minutes, two from Richie Hogan and one each from Robbie Walsh and Filly Cooney. In injury time, St. Lacton's sub, Philly Campion, got on the end of a ball in the square and his one-handed swipe finished to the net. James Forth replied immediately with another point just before the long whistle was blown. All in all, James Forth never looked in danger in this game and were sharper all through. However, one must bear in mind that St Lactan's were without some key players, which made for a significant challenge. St Lactan's now go out to play St Martin's next Saturday at 3pm in callan Turns Park in Castle Comer in the first round relegation semi-final, while the Dance Fort Men will face tough opposition against Thomastown in the Intermediate League final next Sunday at high noon in John Locke Park in Callan. And so we wish all teams going forward the best of luck as we begin the business end of the hurling year.
2: Derek, thanks for that. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. That's Derek Dooley telling us how things went on with Dane's Fort with their good win over Saint Lactons of Freshford. We'll take a break and be back shortly with more games. The Voice of the Black and Amber Community Radio, City, Kilkenny City, City eighty-eight point seven FM.
1: Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday Evening Talk Sport on CRKC 88.7 FM.
2: And you're welcome back to Sunday Evening Talk Sport. We're on the Intermediate Championship and uh, we sent Paddy Kelly out to Ballyragget yesterday for the Fenians and O'Loughlin Gales. And here's Paddy's report
5: O'Loughlin Gales and Fenians met in Ballyragget in the fifth round of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Intermediate Championship on Saturday afternoon. O'Loughlin's ran out winners of a scoreline of 4.19 to Fenians 20 points. It was the Fenians who started the brighter with a Conor Martin free after just after a minute into the game. Uh, Fenians forward Michael Carroll pointed uh, in the second minute after some good build up play from midfield <laughs> into the Fenians forward. Further freeze from Conor Tobin in the third and fourth minute gave the Fenians a, a lead of 0-4 to no, no score O'Loughlin's after four minutes. O'Loughlin's opener their score in the fifth minute with a well executed point from play from Shawnee Bulger. O'Loughlin's had a goal chance from Sammy Johnson with a ground puller which brought a, a save from the Fenians' keeper, James Dermony. Shawnee put, Bulger pointed the result in 65 to leave the score, Fenians' 4 points to O'Loughlin's 0 2. After 6 minutes, Fenians hit a purple patch when Mark Webster free and also points from play from Mick Carroll, Niall Carroll, and Conor Tobin gave this Fenians a lead of 8 to 2 points. O'Loughlin's got back in the game when a Jamie Young pop pass into Fergal Brennan, who drove a rasping shot towards the Fenians' goal, with keeper James Dermony making a great save, but O'Loughlin's forward, Gary Kelly, was in the right place and batted the rebound into the Fenian's net. Fenian's always, 8 1-2. Shawnee Bulger, O'Lachlan's and Mark Webster, the Fenian's the points to keep the scoreboard ticking over. Shawnee Bulger popped over another point from playing, and then O'Lachlan's second goal came when a ball delivered into Sammy Johnson, who collected and shrugged off a tackle and drove the slitter past the outstretched James Dermody in the Fenian's goal. Score, O'Lachlan's 2-4, Fenians nine points after 21 minutes. O'Loughlin's midfielders Jamie Young and, and Jamie Ryan got in on the scoring act with points each from play. Fenians kept in touch with frees from Mark Webster and Conor Tobin. O'Loughlin's two six. Fenians 11 points. Shawnee Bulger-Free and Mark Webster point from play, traded points. And corner forward from O'Loughlin's Fergal Brennan closed out the half with a good point from play to lead the score at halftime. O'Loughlin's two ways, Fenians 12 points. The second half started with the Fenians opening score with a delightful point from a sideline cut by Fenians Con- Connor Tobin. Mark Webster tagged down a point from play for the Fenians to level matters at 2-8 to O'Loughlin's, Fenians 14 points. This was as close as the Fenians got in the remainder of the game. Shawnee Bulger-Free and a point from substitute Luke Hogan from play, restored O'Loughlin's lead again. O'Loughlin's third goal came in third goal came when O'Loughlin's forward. Luke Hogan fielded a high ball and gave a measured pass to Sammy Johnson, who had still work to do, and rifled the slitter into the back of the Fenians' net. Score now three ten to O'Loughlin's Fenians fourteen points. Feeney's responded with a Conor Tobin free but O'Loughlin's responded with the next four points Jamie Ryan Fergal Brennan Luke Hogan all from play and a Shawnee Bulger free A Mark Webster free added to the Phoenix score but O'Loughlin's were going getting into control going into the last quarter with scores from Shawnee Bulger sub Alex Sheridan Jamie Young all with points from play the Feeney's responded with two points from Mark Webster hard-working O'Loughlin's Jamie, midfielder Jamie Ryan added a point from play and sub Alex Sheridan sealed the victory for O'Loughlin's when going for a point the slitter dipped and nestled into the top right hand corner of the Fenians' net. Niall Carroll Niall for Fenians and sub Kieran White for Fenians finished the scoring for the Fenians, and with O'Loughlin's Shawnee Bulger pointing from a free just on the final whistle to leave the score, O'Loughlin's 4 19 to Fenians 20 points. O'Loughlin's had many good performers on the day Jamie Young and Jamie Ryan in, in sparkling form from the midfield. The forwards Fergal Brennan, Shawnee Bulger, and Sammy Johnson prefer, performing well on the day. Fenians cornered Tobin and Mark Webster. Contribute the bulk of the scores, aided by Michael Carroll and, Ni- and Niall Carroll. Fenians will need more of a cutting edge up front and bid to stave off the relegation threat facing them over the next few weeks. That's the report.
2: Good man, Paddy. Thanks. We'll come back and ask you more questions on that uh, in a while. Uh, Connie took on Thomastown. Here's how it went. Michael Lee Motors Intermediate Hurling League. Thomas Todd 122, Connie Shamrock seventeen points. A scoring burst which yielded a goal and four points without reply midway through the first half was the key moment in this Michael Lee Motors intermediate hurling league tie in Clare on Saturday afternoon. The exchanges were pretty even during the opening quarter, but once Jack Holden scored the game's only goal in 16 minutes for the winners, they never looked back. Thomason were smarting from a surprise loss to young Ireland in their last game and were determined to get back to winning ways and retain top spot in the group. John Donnelly, who alternated between centre half-forward and full-forward, opened the scoring shortly after the throw-in, and his ability to lay off the ball to a colleague was an effective tactic for the winners. Conaghy's best player on the day Thomas Rice tied the game, but the winners were always able to respond quickly with a score of their own and they did with a point from impressive forward Jack Holden. James Berrigan, Tom Fielding and Thomas Rice landed further Conaghy points as they matched their more experienced opponents in the opening quarter. The ever-reliable Robbie Donnelly landed the first of his 10 points in 8 minutes for Thomastown with John Donnelly landing another. Conaghy led for the first and only time in on 13 minutes, but not for long. Jack Holden, who had been a regular goal-getter for the winners this year, finished to the Conaghy net on 14 minutes, and that goal saw Thomastown on top with Holden adding another pint. Conaghy's discipline was costing the team, with Robbie Donnelly pointing three fees to extend the margin out to six points. The winners were dominant at this stage and despite the best efforts of Connehy, the margin was extended to seven points by the interval, with Thomastown grabbing further points from John Donnelly, Brian Staunton, Robbie Donnelly a free and Luke Connellan. Connie struggled for possession in the closing 10 minutes of the opening half but they managed points from Mark Gunnar and a brace from James Berrigan before referee Peter Burke blew for half-time with Thomastown leading 113-9 to nine points. Connie needed a good start to the second half but it did not materialise as the winner landed 3 unanswered points through Dylan Waugh, Stephen Donnelly and Robbie Donnelly from a free to push the margin out to 10 points. A route now looked likely but to Connie's credit they kept battling with a brace of points from James Berrigan and Thomas Rice reducing the margin. The scoring was tit-for-tat for the remainder of the game with Conaghy badly needing a goal to make serious inroads into the Thomastown lead. Robbie Donnelly continued to land points from all distances and angles for the winners with further points coming from Luke Connellan and Stephen Donnelly. Conaghy kept plugging away with John Mullen, Tom Phelan and James Berrigan plus Thomas Rice landing points but the result was well decided before the final whistle. Final score from Clara... Thomas Sloan, 122. Connie Shamrock, 17 points. Oh, con oh, Cohn, oh Cohn. There you go. But however, we will have some better news coming up for Connie. Well, not really. Bad news, Pat's face, we'll have in a while, but I'll have better news after that. But there was a, great, a cracking game down, in, uh, down between Greg the Man and Blacks and Whites today. I think it was in Greg the Man and Pat Nolan. I'm not actually sure, but uh, I think he won it by a point. I was hearing you talking to Queen Brian Allen during the afternoon. Um, the neighbours got on well. You had a good game, Pat. Good
1: game. Um, it started off poor enough, I suppose all four teams uh, trying to find out about each other. Uh, Black and white went into a 1-2 to no score lead after 10 minutes. Then they increased that to 1-4 to no score. It took the 16 minutes on to Grey, got the first four, and it ended up half time at 1-5 apiece. Conditions were reasonable enough, considering what rain was falling and all that. The second half, when the game really exploded into life, with Greg coming out with a trap with Terry Drealish and Sean and getting four points, was them a point ahead. And Blacks and um, Whites to Emma Spaulding and Jamie Bourne brought it back to 1-7. The lead again for the Blackland and to 1-7 to 9 points. Then John then got another point for Greg on the 43rd minute. And Aaron Foley replied with that with a freeze to make it 1-9 to 10 points on the 49th minute. Then the whole game, well, supposedly could have changed, but it didn't. It changed probably in, it changed in Greg's favour. They had a man sent off, but at that stage the score was at 1-9 to 10 points. And Greg, like every time you hear of a man being sent off, is uh, that team that really drives on went on to score one five dollar play for the Gray to go into the lead. And coming up coming up near the end on the sixty first minute, Gray got a goal to cap it all by Ted Dunn. Like the Mites and all pushed up forward to search for scores. And that stage the game was our score was at 110 to blacks and whites, 115 to Greg the Manor, with what I believe a lot of people were leaving at this stage. And then in on the 63rd minute, blacks and whites got a goal through Sam Byrne. And in the last play, Paul Murphy found the net again to make the final score 3.10 to 115. It was in the last for now that the game really came to life with good hurling played by both sides in bad conditions do you know
2: who blacks and whites play now Pat What's that? do you know who blacks and whites play now
1: We're, we are playing the blacks and whites are playing the emeralds on the 24th 25th of september
2: and what about Greg De Manor who do they play
1: Greg's the manor have to wait for that preliminary round to be played.
2: All right. Okay. Okay. Okay but there's
1: another there's another round to be played next weekend, which I as far as I can make out is between Bally Ragget and Gal It's to bring the basically bring both groups down to sixteen.
2: Oh grand, okay. Pat as always, thanks for helping us out no problem any okay, uh, time, time. That's, uh, that's Pat Nolan uh, we will get uh, Tom O'Hanlon on the phone now in a, in a couple of moments to talk about that uh, Junior E final we also have to talk to Dan Kenny and uh, Conaghy and St Martin in the Junior B Pat uh, Tracy has that and Conaghy and Mulder in the Junior F we have to uh, talk about that as well <laughs> but we do have um, Seamus Brophy has landed into the studio tell us about that last uh, Rory McIlroy um, Salvo which brought the BMW Seamus
6: yeah um, Um, So, the last two holes in Wentworth uh, Wentworth are par fives. so the big boys will be expecting to eagle it. Uh, Rory came off the 17, one shot behind, and he had an opportunity of an eagle on the last to bring Shane Lowry to a playoff. And the put was downhill. 15, 18 foot and he left it on the right hand lip at the hole and I mean lip at the hole and uh, he sank it for a birdie so Shane Lowry wins the BMW at Wentworth on a score line of minus 17 in joint second place is John Ram and Rory McIlroy on a score of minus 16 and today was the first day for counting for Ryder Cup points Well that'll do him no harm so No
3: Yes, Barry. Yeah, you, you, where, where would that put Rat Macca right now in the
6: world? ratings is he number? He was two, or three? No, he he was three, Barry, and he's still three after today. Why? Uh Because uh, there was eight million in funding, and the update of the um, the update of the scoreline for leading golfer won't be done until after this evening. So I'm not in a position to tell so you. So how if much? He's moved uh, up what was uh, the two. money
2: for first prize?
6: He had four bars, that's what he had for first prize. What do you mean four bars? 4 million. 4 million. Yes.
2: Jesus, by Michael Dagnall will be, be happy as Larry in Knopfley. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Kelly, the manager of the hurling team, is suddenly after he's after appointing about three more strength and conditioning coaches this evening on the back of it. And and a buy a hurling team now? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you could nearly. Anyway, let's get back to what the real hurling and the real hurling was taking place the other night between Moonkine and Greg Callan in the Junior E final. And Moonkine, unfortunately, from the, my next guest, Tom O'Hanlon, were stopped in their tracks getting a double because they had a brilliant win in the Junior D. But the Junior E was a step too our Tom.
7: That's right Nicky yeah. Um the, that match followed the intermediate match yesterday against yes. the roar and a very enjoyable occasion I must say big crowd stayed on after the other match and really enjoyed the the match has just played in in brilliant sunshine lovely evening and two teams going at their all. Um, mixture of old and young and uh, it was a nostalgic kind of occasion for myself in fairness because I met up with a lot of Valley Vallecallon team uh, players and mentors that I faced in 1992 in another 14A county final um, which we were successful in their team included Mia hall Hyne, James Ryan, Eddie Brennan and people like that who actually figured yesterday even on a junior team very enjoyable occasion afterwards I think there was no uh, no one sad going off the pitch a, a great effort by Great Valley Cannon to win there on the four, score fourteen points to one seven it was nine points to one five at half time and we thought we might have a game in the second half but unfortunately for Gonhain Great Valley Cannon dominated that period they had breeze behind them and. They made better use of the ball. I think in the first half, Munkine fell into the trap of trying to play a bit of hurling with the ball and uh, instead of being more direct and using the win to their advantage, which Mihal Highland in the, in the Great Valley Cannon goal was landing the ball near the 14-yard line, <laughs> uh, putting up a bit of a, a task for Munkine. But uh, great effort by all the players involved and, and a very enjoyable match and I, know, I don't know, like, in the detail of it, I didn't take much notes, but I oh, know... the detail
2: done. is not important, Tom, to just a sense yeah. of the occasion we wanted to get, yeah. yeah absolutely. OK, yeah. well, look, well done to Bally Callan. Commiserations uh, to moonkind. I suppose on the intermediate side, Barry gave us the, uh, the uh, details there earlier. So you have a date with uh, Young Irlands uh, next weekend.
7: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something to look forward to. Just to, before I go on the special junior, I have to say that and I think you'd probably agree. Looking at the competitions overall this year, all the special junior, there were some fantastic games in it, and and lots of players got plenty of matches. I think it was a great competition, well run. Uh, one little thing that uh, a great the Calum Mentor, mentioned to me on the way out there yesterday was uh, now we can get down to trying to look after our first team. And he made a point that maybe the special junior should be finished a week or two earlier just to, to not be clashing as much as it is. That was an individual...
2: Uh, comment which caught my notice. Uh, that's after just making yeah. the point. Yeah, fair point. Okay, thanks yeah. for that, Tom. No, okay. okay, thanks for that. Now, before we actually go to Pat Tracy for the Junior B report today, I'd be interested to hear the lad's comments on we, we didn't have a Junior A final because uh, Barry or um, Pat, Garrick Shockside should play a welfare issue, so they didn't play the game, and it looks like it's not going to be played, and Thomas Dunn are the champions by default.
0: Your, it, your opinion please well I suppose that's an unsatisfactory finish uh, but uh, I can uh, on, on the one hand I can understand uh, carry shock I know that they they would have uh, been in contact with the county boards from early in the week not wanting to play it but uh, it didn't nothing seemed to happen about it and uh, they followed through that uh, uh, with the, the I suppose the player welfare and that is a factor I suppose uh, playing two games within the space of 24 hours and uh, some of them mightn't be uh, in the 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 youngest either, but uh, haven't said that. You know, it's just it's a pity that happened, and uh, I don't know. Barry, don't you know, always the the have an ob- you,
3: you
2: always have an opinion on such matters, and you're well, never you you're, come to
3: me you're and...
0: never shy to
3: exercise it. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. i I'm, I'm I'm siding on the side of I'm siding on the side of Carrick Shock because their first responsibility will always be to their players and their club, and the players <laughs> have a responsibility. And everybody appreciates that. There is a responsibility between club and players and vice versa. And I th- if the club thought that for one second that the playing of the match against Thomastown was uh, a problem or was going to cause a problem for their club members, I think they were right in trying to get the game postponed. And obviously the county board didn't, weren't thinking along the same lines as the Carrickshock club. But I would side with Carrick Shock. They were the... They were the They were the people that are responsible for the players and they were doing what they thought was the right thing for their club and that's why I would side with them.
2: I would always side with a club who think they're doing the right thing for their players. All right, that's fair enough. Okay, Pat Tracy, you were in UPMC Nolan Park today to see St Martins. Does everybody win the Junior B County Final?
0: Yeah, and uh, two fifteen to one eleven had finished, and I suppose in around the fifty fourth minute, Dara Dooley made a great run down the right hand side. It uh, was uh, two eleven to one ten at that stage, and uh, he um, had a shot at at a, for a point. If he got that, it would have been an inspirational point for uh, conaghy Shamrocks, but it didn't happen, and really their chances finished there because. Uh, um, St Martins they tacked on what was it uh, four more points then in the remaining minutes to win 215 to 111. They started the game with three wides and uh, then their first score was a goal from Josh Dempsey. That was a, a ball that kind of more or less ricocheted a, a half a hook and a half a block and uh, went into the net and uh, they led 1-3 to no score after 8 minutes and really that uh, lead was never less than 3 all the way through and the head That that kind of a grip on the game and uh, led 1-6 to uh, two points by the 15th minute. And then um, Brooklyn Sinners, he finished to the net in the 20th minute and that uh, gave uh, Conaghy a nice uh, shot in the arm. But uh, it was uh, Greg Bally or it was uh, St. Martins, who went on and uh, tacked on more points from um, uh, Robert Shore, and uh, also John Maher to lead one ten to one five at half time, and uh, but a good start to the second half for, from Conaghy uh, brought it back to three pints with points from uh, Robert Ring, Dara Dooley pointing twice from Freeze, uh, one eleven to one eight, and the killer blow then came from uh, substitute uh, James Morrissey. He uh, flashed to the net uh, just ten minutes into the game, two eleven to one eight, and although the Conaghy... Uh, landed the next couple of points to bring you back to within uh, that uh, four points They just couldn't bridge the gap and uh, really St Martin's ran out uh, deserving winners they had the upper hand all through 2.15 to one eleven. Yes I met up with their uh, captain Robert Shaw after the game
2: uh, Robert
1: Shaw, congratulations, Robert. Uh, a good win,
2: and I think from an early stage you were the better team there.
1: Uh, we got a good start, but like, where and can happen these matches, especially a wet day. And kind of got a goal there before half time, and kind of got him back a bit of life, and we were. We weren't too happy with what we gave away, but we dug in near the end and we kept going.
2: Yeah, I think you were strong in key parts of the field there, and Connie he tries them out and they did work hard. To be fair to them, but I mean you had strong players and uh, you had players with a fair bit of old experience, and it does tell in these matches.
1: It does, yeah. We had a few older players there that were able to uh, knew the right thing to do, and we had a few lads now, good few lads that were out yesterday as well, and they were they were tired, but uh, days like this you just have to dig in and keep going.
2: Well, we were never tired of talking on our community radio about John Maher. He just keeps going like the the bunny with the batteries. Uh, yeah, Yes. Again, it's a, it's a great game again today.
1: Yeah, it's younger he's getting. Into
2: yeah. the, the Mason where he keeps going. And he's an inspiration to the whole, actually. No, and the head is right, you
1: okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. But look, you are plenty, you're plenty of good young lads in that. Now, this is, I know you're like, the Connie lads, you're in relegation territory in the intermediate, but it's not a bad way to be going into it, having won a county final.
1: No, it's a bit of momentum, anyway. you know, like, To win anything is, is great. It's hard to win. You don't get to point to county finals by luck. You have to earn the place right to be there, you know. And... Yeah, well, you had a good win today and totally Thanks,
2: Robert. Go off and celebrate. So, Thanks, you. Right, that's right, Robert. Shore. Well done, Robert. And the Muclea. Let's marry. Gary you uh, pull over that there you want to uh, mention something yeah, that you forgot earlier
3: there was an accident in, in Mooncoyne yesterday between Mooncoyne and the Royal City Rory Galvin got involved in, well got involved he got he went in to fight for a ball and he went in with his head down a small bit and the next thing he hit the ground and he was in severe playing but motionless and people were worried about him but due to the superb actually it would have to compliment the Mooncoyne club the way they dealt with it there was no clowns or gobshites around the place trying to lift this or pulled that or they just got a few medical people around that knew what they were doing they organised the stretcher organised uh, organised an ambulance they got him off the field on the stretcher uh, very professionally and into the ambulance and away to Waterford la- last evening but apparently he only has bruising of the neck muscle and a bit of concussion and thankfully he came home last night so we wish him a very very speedy recovery Ok and so
2: see all of us let's take a break back with more The Voice of the Black and Amber Community Radio,
1: Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM.
2: Well, we have two county finals to go. The uh, junior C final, just going to have a quick word with Dan Kenny from Piltown uh, first, and then the junior F final. And Dan, it wasn't to be your day uh, yesterday evening. Emeralds winning that game 118 to a 111, but uh, getting to some of these county finals is still a decent achievement for any club.
8: It was, yeah. They kind of led from start to finish, you know. Pilton never uh, leveled with them or, or got ahead. Um, I thought players were coming back a bit they needed a goal there was always four points so the Emeralds were four points ahead of them I'd say in five in stages I thought it had time maybe you know that Pil- that the Emeralds came out and they got the first score which Piltown really needed but having said that I think it was midway or um, I didn't take time on it now to the second half um, Kevin Brophy got a goal for Piltown brought it back to a point and I thought it was game on then, but um the emeralds uh, got the next four points, i think three or four points, and Pilton didn 't reply to any of those, so they they got a four to five point lead, and Pilton pegged it back, but I think i don 't know how it was coming close to finishing, anyway you know, Pilton got two twenty meter freeze there, and then um, they hit one, and the other one I think went wide, and uh, whatever chance was gone and uh, the emeralds uh, I think we never got a goal which put a glass on the on the score line for a finish, which it was always three or four points. the emeralds were that bit sharper, I think you know they um that quickly their full forward and or, and uh, Ollie Kenny you know and even uh, what's his name Eddie Ryan there and Johnny Dial played well there on the half forward line I thought that forward line peloton uh, themselves is a bit disappointed with their forward line their forward line just didn't um, didn't click. But having said that, I think the Emeralds were, were first the breaking ball and they had that bit of speed, and, uh, you know, and uh, they had a good year, I think. They won the league already, Piltdown lost the league final to them, but um, Pilton were short a few, a bit expecting more uh, from the game. But having said that, you couldn't, um, you couldn't disagree with the overall result, you know. They were just that bit stronger, that bit better. That's my impression, Nikki, anyway, watching it now. It was lovely eating for a game different today, you know? That was it.
2: Dan, sorry, you're playing Tuller in the league final of the uh, Premier Junior next weekend as well. They
8: always go well in leagues. I I don't put uh, much mass or faith in them myself, league league games, you know. Uh, It'll be an interesting championship And the Tuller beat the Emeralds there. The Emeralds are playing with a bit of confidence, a bit of class at the moment, uh, especially with Derek Ling there as manager of the Kilkenny Senior Hurling team. You know uh, what you call them there, Francis, um,
2: Francis Cahossy.
8: Uh, yeah, Francis Cahossy. He was, he was wishing the best of luck there yesterday. And Patrick Downey had a good game there, uh, wing back. Yeah, and I suppose we'd have to mention um, um, Sean O'Neill there. He played well in the back line. You know, played reasonably well. You know, good. Um, but and during the junior championship, like Tullahard uh, beat, had had the better of um, of the emerald there. But like that says nothing. Like last year, you had Tullahard and, And Munkine, I think the both were. Did they win any game in the actual league part of it? And you know,
2: well, that junior is hotting up now very serious, is the dance. Oh, very
8: serious. We'll be keeping keeping uh, a close eye on it. Yeah, very hot predicted, Nicky. Very hard, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't say much. You know, you'd be hoping that yesterday's game would bring Pilt, well, which definitely stand to the Emeralds, but that Piltong could pick up the pieces a little bit Absolutely. and get a sharper. OK, yeah.
2: Dan, thanks for talking to us. We'll talk to you soon.
8: Lovely. Thanks, Dan. Lovely we appreciate you. your
2: help. JK Thank you, Dan. Yes. OK, Jussie, Ballygunner have won in Waterford. It's about nine in a row. And in, t- in Tipperary, Turles and Nina both knocked out of the, t- the championship. Can now to beat Turlis and J.K. Brackens defeated Nina. He's a last match report from last Friday night followed by a chat with the Conaghy captain Justin Brophy. JJ Cavillan Sons Junior F County Final. Connie Shamrocks 2-12, Mullinavat 2-7. A strong finishing quarter plus injury time from Connie Shamrocks saw them overcome Mullinavat in the JJ Caveland Sons Junior F County Hurling Championship Final at the MW Hurling Centre Dunmore on Friday evening. Conditions were excellent during the opening half, but the players and the large following of supporters had to contend with a heavy drizzle for a lot of the second half, and it was a long second half at that, with the referee deciding to play 13 minutes of injury time, a decision that was somewhat puzzling. Two minutes after the throw-in, Mondevat had the ball in the Connaughty net when Martin Davis raced through the winner's rear guard to score a fine goal. That lead did not last long as the winners were level three minutes later when Paul Boogie shot the Mulnavat net from a close-in free. Connaughty were the better side for much of the first half but failed to show that superiority on the scoreboard. They hit seven poor-wides during the opening 30 minutes. Parick Nolan edged Connaughty ahead on six minutes from a shot that might well have been a goal. Paul had added two further points for the winners from play and a free, to which Mark McNamara applied to the point from a free for Mullinavat. Connie had another goal chance on 11 minutes when a Porrick Nolan shot hit the upright with the margin out to three points shortly afterwards when Declan Boogie landed a great point. Mark McDamara was an airing from a brace of frees from one of the bat to bring the margin back to the minimum with five minutes remaining in the first half. The Southerners were now playing much better and were exerting a lot of pressure on the Conaghy defence. Paddy Mullen halted them on the bat momentum with a first-time strike from midfield close to half-time. Conaghy carelessly conceded a free in the 25th minute and when Mark McDamara stood up to take the free he had only one plan in mind. And that saw the slitter finishing the back of the Conahy net. And that's what happened and it was Moldovat with an unexpected half-time lead of 2-3 to 1-5, despite the Southerners playing second fiddle for long periods in the opening half. Moldovat were the better team in the third quarter, as Conaghy once again spurred some good point-scoring chances. Billy Delhunty, Brian Keneally and Mark McDamara from a free added points from Moldovat, with Paul Boogie responding from a free to leave Moldovat leading by three points, 2-6 to 1-6 on 16 minutes. The key score of the game came just at that moment when Paul Boogie won low possession and laid the ball off to the on-rushing Parik Nolan, who finished impressively to the Net. That score tied the game, and although Mark McNamara pointed in the 18th minute to edge his side ahead once again, Conaghy were slowly starting to get back into the game. That point from McNamara was to be the last from on A point from midfield by Porrick Nolan once again tied the game for Conaghy, with the momentum now clearly edging towards the winners. With Conaghy continuing to be wasteful in the second half, hitting another 8-wides, Muldervat conceded a lot of frees in the fourth quarter plus injury time. Paul Bogie landed 5 points and place balls to see Connie run out deserving winners. Remarkably, the referee saw fit to play 13 minutes of injury time, with Paul Bogie pointing 2 of those 5 points during that period. Muldevat did have periods of pressure in injury time, but the winner's offence, with Tom Nolan and Dara Hennessy outstanding, they held firm. This was a deserved win for Connie Sharmrocks, but they had to battle against a strong Mulnavat side that lost its way in the final quarter and in the extended injury time. Final score from BMW Higher Centre Dunmore Connie Sharmrocks 2 12, Mulnavat 2 7. Uh, Justin Brophy, you were delighted to captain the Connie team against Mondevat in the Junior F final. In the first half, Connie had most of the play, but still the other lads went in at half time. Were you worried at that stage?
9: Um, yeah, sure. As I said, it was. It's an honour to be captain um, on behalf of the, the group of lads. Yeah. Um, probably going at half-time. We had to knuckle down, we had to look at things because we were kind of, we were one point down, we were kind of, you know, they were winning a lot of play there in the first half, so I just said to the boys, show, show me what you're made of, show the group, um, show the managers what's your meta made of, and show the supporters in the second half, and just go hammer and tongs in the second half. I know the conditions weren't great, but I I knew there was more in the lads so and it showed it in the second half. Yeah, well Von kept up the pressure
2: in the third quarter, but then in the fourth quarter Connie Tonic took over and then you had to contend with about thirteen minutes of injury time.
9: Yeah, that's right. And they did like we drove a lot of wides in the second half and I still knew, you know, I was still thinking that the boys would come back. It was kinda of disappointing that we were driving a lot of wides but then, you know, we did well, we got the goal, we kind of settled and then we got the extra few pints. And then probably we knew we were a few pints up and there's still, you know, I thought the referee would have blew it up earlier, and I didn't actually realise that it was 13 minutes over. But um, the bite just stuck at it, showed great heart, great determination, and we came out on top then. And, it was and great. Uh, finally, Justin, after winning the league and all a great and You must be delighted to have captained the team. That uh, sure it is, sure it's phenomenal, you know, because you know the competition in Kilkenny is, you know, it's very competitive. And Junior F to win the league it was phenomenal. Then to, uh, to see the buys going on and you know everyone wearing the Connie jersey and fighting it out to win the county finals it's phenomenal you know it's great, it's great to do Thanks, Justin. thank you
2: that's Justin Brophy now we go to Bear Scott for the results today from the Cora Bear
10: It's yes, like the Cora that started at one fifteen, which was won by number 18 Dexter Bell at 50-1 to 1, second here was number 20 no more porter at six to one third was number two mr wagyu nine to one and fourth home here was number 10 laugh a minute at 12 to one six and 13 were non runners there and 20 ran the two or the 150 was won by number five above the curve five to one second was number three insinuendo also five to one and third here was number seven Galeria Bargate 66 to 1. Number 1 was the beaten favourite there at 13 rand. The 225, this was won by number 12, Highfield Princess 5 to 4 favourite. Second was number 3, Eros and Psych 22 to 1. And third home was number 16, uh, Flotus at 18 to 1 and 19 rand. The 3 o'clock went to number 11, Tanaira. 130. hundred and thirty-second was number six, Meditate, the even money favorite. And third was number two, Eternal Silence, fifty to one. Number ten was a non-runner and eleven ran. The three thirty-five, this was won by number two, Riffa, nine to one. Second was number five, Proud and Regal, also nine to one. Number one was the beaten favorite there and six ran. The four ten, this was won. This is the Irish Saint Leisure. Won by number four, Kiprius, the favourite, 11 to 8 on. Second was number two, Hamish, 5 to 1. And third was number 10, Search for a song at 16 to 1 and 11 ran. 445 was won by number one, Streets of Gold, 11 to 8 favourite. Second was number two, Tostado, 2 to 1. And third was number four, Dandy's Allies, 9 to 2, 11 ran. And finally, the 520, this was won. By number twenty-six Caracara at eleven to one. Second was number seven Safe Cracker sixteen to one. Third was number seventeen Fine Dolphin. A ten to one and fourth home was number twenty four last at twenty two to one. 26, 22 runner field there. Johnny Murta with three runners finished first, second, and third a fair feast And I have to say that the Saint Ledger, the English Saint Ledger, which was also run today, was won by number one Eldar, Elder Elder off the nine to two chance for Roger Varian with the beaten favourite back in third. Okay, Baird. Thanks for that, Baird.
2: Appreciate thanks, that. Thanks, okay. Okay, Seamus, you have some rugby results there.
6: Yeah, and Kilkenny were away yesterday in Oak Park and Carlo. The J1s and the J2s, mixed for, uh, fortunes. The J2s uh, went down. Uh, the J2s won on a scoreline of 32, Kilkenny, Carlo 19. The J1s, well, they were beaten by uh, five points uh, on a scoreline of 19, Carlo 14, Kilkenny. Next weekend, the J1s and the J2s play in a double header. At home to Ashbourne, those matches are 1:30 and 3 p.m. Respectfully, and that's next weekend, and that's the Southeast League proper st- taking place.
2: Okay. Okay, thanks for that, Seamus. Okay, some local soccer results. In the St. Premier Division, Covery United 0, Thomastown A, United A1, uh, Evergreen A6, Callan United nil In the Division 2 League, James D. and Marr, Coach uh, Hire, St. John's 3, Freshford Town 3, Stonyford United nil, Evergreen C7. Division 3, it was Spa United nil, East End United 3, FA Youth's Cup, Stonyford United nil, Clonmel Celtic 6. In Camogie, on uh, Friday in the Junior, it was uh, Thomastown four ten, the Borough to 11 and uh, today in senior Barra Rangers won 11 to their own 10 points. In uh, intermediate, Valley Hale one twelve, Liz Downey one four. In intermediate it was Danes Fort one fifteen, Glenmore one one. In senior, Thomastown fourteen points, St. Bridget seven points, in senior, Winegap one eleven, Connehy one eight. In junior, Greg Namana three seven, Tulliar one ten, in junior Carry Shock two fourteen, they've breed Erden's own a goal. And uh, that was it. Barry, what game are you looking forward to next weekend? Any particular game? <laughs> <laughs>
3: What's the, uh,
1: on?
2: What's on? What's on? You know damn well what's on. Yeah, go on, name them. Well, you have some tasty games because you have the two relegations uh, between on Sunday, which will be covering. James Stevens and Liz Downey and Aaron Zone and Greg Belly Callens. They're going to be tasty.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James Stevens, James Stevens have to come good, lads. I can't see them get, getting any worse. So they have to come good at some stage. Um, they, they might just win. Uh, Greg Belly Callens would really have to up it a fair, fair bit. To, to get out of this relegation situation. Pat Tracy, what do you think?
0: Uh, Liz Downer playing the village out village. in Bally right, Yeah, Okay, nice one. Does that say something, Pat? Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be a good battle. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. you'd imagine that James Stevens, I, I think, as Barry said, because of the tradition and everything, they'd have to come good. The other one, um, it's hard to see Bally Callan lifting themselves out of uh, where they are, and uh, you know, you'd be kind of going towards their own zone, but, you know. Paddy, the intermediate, I'll ask you, you've been watching all intermediate,
2: Martins versus uh, St. Lectons, Connaughty versus uh, the Fiennes.
5: <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the Phoenix there, yes, uh, um they had Conor Tobin and Mark Webster they were excellent in midfield from but I just think the lack of cutting edge up front I know Michael Carroll and Niall Carroll chipped in with a few points but uh, their full forward line is rarely penetrated the, the, the oh, Lachlan's back line there uh, looking at Lachlan's they were very sparkling there yesterday. Jamie Young Jamie Ryan excellent and uh, as you said on Friday night Sammy Johnson there way well, the old dog
2: well, the way so I see the feelings, in relega- the feelings
0: and relegation yeah. when you put those
2: two yeah. words together <laughs> That's it right. conjures up fear in every opposition doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it does it
0: does because because last year, look, they came from relegation to a county semi-final and within an ace of a county final. That's it. Lads, we better go. Tomorrow night yep. on the TC Terz World of Gaelic
2: Games, we do it all thanks to Pat, Seamus, Barry and Paddy and all the reporters on the phone. We brought it all to you. Not a ball was dropped during the whole last hour. Tommy Dowd is coming up next with the best of country and Irish and as I said, Kieran Ari back tomorrow night and we look at all that happened at the weekend and maybe pick up on some of the underage and see where all of that was. So well done to everybody on a weekend that had sunshine, rain, hail, every I tam teim, slan